Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Brendan Escott hanging out with you this afternoon. Bob traveling with the team today. He will be back tomorrow to tee up Panthers Oilers from Rogers Place. You heard it there on the news. Uh, Oilers losers of five in a row at home. Uh, Lucic talked in the presser last night after the game that they need to make Rogers Place a tougher place to play. It has not been that as of late. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. You can now buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all of your office technology needs. You can give me a shout on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063 and of course send in your text to 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. It's not your small town dealership. With a new state-of-the-art facility, experience the difference of Heartland Ford. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Oilers Now. Bob, of course, at Bob underscore Stoffer. And I am at Brendan Escott. Brendan spelled with two E's. We are going to head off right now to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and bring aboard Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Dan, how's it going today? I'm good, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Uh, it didn't feel like the proverbial dagger stab that L.A. felt like, but uh, the Oilers last night uh, just thoroughly outplayed. What did you make of the game? Well, it's two uh, pretty terrible showings in the last two uh, against San Jose. I'm sure fans uh, will remember the one in late December where they were trounced on home ice here. Um, so, if, you know, you look at the the uh, the road trip, you know, it's a glass has the water filled halfway up, and it kind of depends which uh, if you're the optimist or the pessimist in terms of uh, looking at it half full or half half empty, uh, if, you know, taking the half full approach, uh, two and two is a lot better than they played of late. And uh, especially getting that win in Anaheim, uh, a team that they're chasing for that final wild card spot was a critical victory. Uh, but the half empty approach is, of course, is, you know, losing two games that were, were, you know, very one-sided, obviously in favor of their opponents in Los Angeles and San Jose, uh, especially losing a game in Los Angeles that, um, you know, a team that's at the bottom of the standings, one you'd like to win if you're, uh, you know, trying to get a playoff spot. And then again, San Jose, uh, obviously a few uh, bad bounces or, or good bounces in the favor of San Jose, uh, bad in the favor of the Oilers. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously the scoreline 7-2 to two was was uh, quite one-sided. So uh, it's better than they played of late, but uh, for a team trying to chase a uh, playoff spot, not good enough. And Cam Talbot, is uh, he was chased last night after allowing four goals, but obviously some of the ricochets, some of the bad luck, you can't really fault him for that. I don't think that goaltending has been any kind of a problem for this team, despite the recent stretch. I think that a lot of it, if there has been struggles and some soft goals, uh, you know, that happens over the course of the season. But to me, the focal point of the problem is the way that they're playing in front of the goaltenders. Sure. And I mean, the goaltending, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I'm kind of in, in agreement with you in the sense that, 
you know, it hasn't been an issue per se, but you'd like to, to see a little bit better goaltending, you know. I think that's been the story of Cam Talbot's year in the sense that he hasn't really let in many terrible goals. I mean, of course, there's every goal he has a few he'd, he'd want to have back, but not necessarily saving pucks that uh, are, you know, up for grabs or, or, or ones that uh, could be, you know, turning points or whatnot. Uh, he obviously has played a little bit better of late, um, and obviously, you know, it's been the inverse for, for uh, Miko Koskinen, uh, who's, uh, who's, who's play has kind of tailed off here in a little while, or last little while. But in terms of the Oilers' defense, yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a few games where they're giving up, you know, four or more, and that's that's not how you win hockey games in this league. Even though scoring has gone up, you know, you still need to keep it to to three or less. So um, for for the Oilers to turn around, uh, obviously they've had some defensive um, big injuries in the form of Oscar Kleppbaum and and uh, Chris Russell until he came back recently. But uh, they they need to be playing better in their own end to uh, to obviously uh, move up here in the standings. Chatting with Daniel Nugent Bowman. He's the beat writer for the Oilers uh, working for The Athletic. Uh, this is your first year doing this, by the way. How are you liking the beat reporter lifestyle here? Uh, it's pretty good. It, uh, it, it's a little uh, different, in, in, you know, when they're on the road. It, it gets a little, uh, a little quieter to work on some long, longer form stuff. Uh, day-to-day, uh, it's been quite the, the season, obviously. I think any Oilers fan can, can attest to that, where uh, they've, they've had two really good stretches under two different coaches, and in Tom McClellan and, and uh, Ken Hitchcock, but then some, uh, some some poor stretches. Obviously, the first one costing Todd McClellan his job, and the second one here uh, with some injuries uh, under uh, under Ken Hitchcock. So uh, the Oilers are kind of where I thought they would be in the mix for a playoff spot. Kind of uh, average at some points, below average at others, above average at uh, at other points. They're they're just kind of a a 500, hopefully for them plus team in the in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, that could come down to the to the you know the final week of the season, so they're kind of where I thought they'd be. So that's not too much of a surprise, but it's been a very interesting uh, first year uh, on the beat for sure. I look at what the timeline of how things have transpired this season would indicate to me that in fact that good stretch under Ken Hitchcock was the team playing guilty and not the fact that uh, Hitch was able to actually manipulate kind of a, a bare-bones roster, for lack of a better term, to to be better than it is. So one of the things that Hitchcock talked about recently, Dan, was the, the, how cyclical, this was after the loss against uh, Los Angeles. They get embarrassed, they come back and win a hockey game, and then it falls by the wayside. So given that they were for all intents and purposes, embarrassed by San Jose. Are you expecting tomorrow's game against Florida to be the proverbial rebound in them picking it up after getting a touchdown hung on them? Yeah, I mean, you make a good point in the sense that uh, they, you know, uh, did rebound quite nicely against uh, against Anaheim after the t- kind of a terrible loss against Los Angeles where uh, it didn't look like they had anything going and Hitchcock was very critical of the group really singling out Darnell Nurse as the only guy that, that showed up in his mind. Uh, of course, there were some liberties taken with McDavid, and there wasn't much of a pushback. And, uh, and so that, obviously, is, is not something you'd want to see from their team perspective or, or as an Oilers fan. Um, so, yeah, they, they were they were full marks for their win in uh, in Anaheim and then uh, kind of laid another egg against the, the Sharks. So uh, I would expect, yeah, I would expect a pushback against the, the Panthers tomorrow night. And it's a very, very important stretch for this hockey club. You know, six of seven um, at home before their uh, bye week slash all-star break. Uh, six of those seven really uh, are against teams that 
Um, I mean, Buffalo's in that mix too, but uh, Calgary being the only sure team uh, with a playoff spot, uh, you know, they have some some teams that uh, that you know the Oilers should be able to beat. Of course, one of those is Vancouver, who they've already lost to uh, twice. So uh, there's no no certainties by any means. But these are very winnable games and games that the Oilers, Oilers need to win to kind of uh, turn things around here in the standings. So it's a very very key stretch for them. Chatting with Daniel Nugent-Bowman from The Athletic. Dan, I've been saying also along this stretch of, of six of seven home games here is going to make or break the Oilers' season. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, just the way that the standings are uh, and the way that, uh, you know, the, the, the teams that they're battling, uh, at least right now, uh, for that wild card being, you know, teams like Anaheim and Minnesota that have had, you know, have run very hot and cold similarly to the Oilers where they've uh, uh, you know, had some very good stretches and some, some lousy stretches as well. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's quite that uh, cut and dried, but I would say, again, that it's a very key stretch, and uh, you're going to want to make some hay uh, during this time uh, when uh, there's some opponents that are kind of ripe for the picking. So uh, I wouldn't quite put it quite that dire, but I, I, you know, it is a key stretch and, and one that they're going, going to need to take advantage of if they want to... Uh, to kind of move up here for sure. Do you think that uh, this is a theory of mine that if they kind of start to squander a couple of games here on this homestand that it might be in their best interest if somebody is available and I'm not saying force a deal right now but if there is some pieces in place I suggest that it might be in everybody's best interest in that organization to make it happen amid this homestand rather than waiting until it's over when then you might be in a pretty deep hole depending on how things go so as far as an acquisition sooner than later goes what do you think of that well it, it, it's a good theory and, and i think you know you always want to have uh if you're bringing in uh, players and, and they're especially ones that you think can help you, you always want to have more time with them than than, than last so uh, i'd be in favor of that for sure the only issue is that um sometimes um you know, when a GM is, is kind of dealing in a in a position of uh, not sorry, not in a position of, of strength, as uh, uh, you kind of saw with uh, Shirelli having to make those moves for defensemen uh, with the Russell and Clefbaum out bringing in Manning and, and Petrovic. But sometimes that that kind of puts you in a in, in a you know position where teams kind of get the better of you. And if you're trying to deal from from that kind of perspective, then uh, he you know it's kind of a buyer beware situation. So uh, maybe if they you know. they can find a way out of some of the the bad contracts. I don't want to phrase it any other way. Uh, this is Daniel Nugent-Bowman joining Brendan Escott on Oilers Now. Bob, back tomorrow. Um, 
where do we want to go next here, Dan? Oh, let's let's talk officiating for a second because uh, Petrovic got hit from behind, and it was certainly not the worst that we've seen in a long time. But his head rattled the boards pretty good last night. He leaves the game. Uh, less of an issue now because they did make that the couple of moves there for defensive depth. But in terms of how the teams officiated, no penalty call on that play. This is starting to become a really hot topic, and maybe that's just because fans are searching for something. But what do you think of when you see McDavid uh, with with uh, Hampus Lindholm the other night, and then the same thing happens again to Petrovic, and he leaves the game. Yeah, and McDavid was the one that, that really stood out to me because uh, you know uh, it's tough, uh, uh, you know, how McDavid is uh, you know, calls go against him at, at lack thereof, I should say, uh, because uh, it, it is pretty tough for officiate for officials that 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 kind of need to as much as. Uh, they need to call penalties that need to be called. It, it kind of has to manage the game as well, uh, because you know I'm, I'm sure fans will want to see a penalty called on Connor McDavid, uh, you know, every shift or every time he's fouled, which could be the case. But uh, you know that that just doesn't happen in hockey. That said, of course, uh, you know that one against uh, that, that hit that he took from Hampus Lindholm was quite egregious, and there have been you know a few examples. Uh, of, of, uh, of you know infractions against McDavid uh, that that haven't been called that you know make you kind of shake your head. Um, you know, in any other sport, you know, you look at um, you know quarterbacks being protected in football and, and you know uh, star players in, in the NBA kind of getting the uh, the benefit of of uh, calls uh, from officials in terms of fouls. Uh, you know, hockey is, is is kind of it's traditionally not been like that. You know. Mario Mew, you know, calling out the league, uh, you know, Garage League uh, several years ago, and and uh, you know, there are other stars that that have kind of uh, had to fight through things. And, and McDavid, you know, for the most part in his career, has, has not uh, been critical of officials. He's, he's you know treated it very in a you know pretty classy manner. But you know, at, at some point, you know, I think he, he'd be getting a few calls uh, here and there. And that one uh, that he that hit it, he took it from Hampus Lindholm was particularly egregious in my mind. Star or not, that's something that needs to be called. Uh, but particularly when it's somebody like McDavid, it kind of makes you shake your head a little bit. The Athletics' Daniel Nugent-Bowman joining uh, Brendan Escott here on Oilers Now. It's the last one for you, Dan, and this is a bit of a contentious topic that uh, I haven't really brought to the surface whatsoever but as far as this this group and the way that they seem to buckle under pressure uh how do you think the leadership situation is in that room and please don't think that this is me discrediting Connor mcdavid as the captain of this team but you wonder uh i i just look at the jets and, and they've got that presence of blake wheeler in the room and i i would think that lucic is expected to be that guy with the oilers so what do you think of how they are um and maybe what they can do to sort of toughen up emotionally as a team well, you know, it's a good question, and, and yeah, I, I would take no issue with McDavid as a captain and as a leader as well. The issue for me is more that the roster is just isn't good enough. So when you have guys like McDavid and Drysaddle that you know on very rare occasions aren't producing, um, you look down the list and the, the options get get rather thin pretty quickly. Yes, Milan Lucic is a veteran player. Uh, and somebody who um, has a lot of clout and, and is, is respected in the locker room. But um, when push comes to shove, you know, he's got three goals. Uh, um, or sorry, two goals and then three in the last little while. So uh, going, you know, going back almost 100 games. So that, uh, you know, when you're, when one of your top 
you know paid players is producing at that that low clip. Um, that doesn't obviously bode well for you know the team, and it doesn't bode well for uh, you know hoping for somebody to pick up uh, guys like McDavid or Drysaddle when at, on the rare occasions they are struggling. You know, and same goes for defense. Now that Austin or Oscar Clefbaum rather has uh, has been out this last little while, that has left a huge hole in their defensive group. So uh, it's just a matter of. But to me, I don't know if it's necessarily a leadership thing. It's more just that they don't have the, the depth to. Um, uh, kind of offset when when star players are either injured or not per- performing. So uh, I think that's more the issue to me. Excellent stuff as always, Dan. I look forward to seeing you again at the rink, and we appreciate your time. For sure. Thank you very much for having me. We'll, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. That is Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic Edmonton. Uh, Topher is lighting up the text line right now, and and so you don't think McDavid can lead this team. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I think Winnipeg benefits, benefits rather greatly, and their roster is a lot deeper. I'm not drawing a, a an apples to apples comparison here. But I think the roster benefits deeply from having somebody like Blake Wheeler on there who's been around the block quite a bit, uh, you know, and, and McDavid, as fantastic as he is, is still 21 years old. And I think we're all very quick to forget that. Soon to be 22, however. It's 122 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer. We'll get to some texts on the Heartland Ford text line. I've seen a couple people trying to call in as well, and it looks like we have Andy waiting. So we'll get to that when we come back on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton, it's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. To the Heartland Ford text line, this one comes in out of Edmonton. He says, uh, San Jose has Thornton, Pavelski, Burns, Vlasic as the veteran leaders, yet you reference one guy in Winnipeg. Well, Yes, that's just further to my point. Exactly. The the successful teams, uh, most if not all of them, have the veteran voice. Look at what Marlowe does in Toronto. That's another example of what I'm saying. So something that the Oilers, and I'm not saying that this is a glaring issue with the team, but it is something that I think needs to be discussed given how uh, quickly they seem to crumble under adversity. All right, we're going off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We're going to bring aboard Andy. Andy, what's going on today? And I appreciate you holding, by the way. Okay, thanks. Um, you know, Brendan, uh, I just want to say that I'm a I'm an Oilers supporter. I like this team. I like what Hitch is doing. I like guys like Pooley Arby, uh, Dujar Kara, getting their opportunities at Cassian. Uh, I was excited last night to watch the game. Started out okay. Talbot was holding the fort. Uh, we made a couple mistakes. We're down one goal. I thought, you know what, it's okay. It's not that bad. But then on that Petrovic play, he got a little bit caught. It was kind of an iffy penalty shot call. Could have went either way. Regardless, opportunity for Talbot maybe to make the big save, change things up. They score. Okay, we're down 2-0. I think, hey, no problem. But then Russell goes back for a puck, throws it up the wall, it's in the net. Then Russell takes the penalty. Next thing you know, we're down four. So I think really looking at this team, it's not the forwards. I think you're right. I think the goaltending is solid. It's just, you know, the goaltending is connecting to the defense. If you look at the goalie's numbers last night, we're talking 765 for Talbot and 845. Like that's, you, you, when you have two goalies that, that, that put up those types of numbers in one game, you, you don't look at those goalies and say, well, you know, they're terrible. You just say, no, this was an off game, a funny game. And, and the defense was struggling. So I think if you're hitched, the rookie made a lot of mistakes last night. He was minus three. I think Jones has got to come out and sit down the game. All you can really do is just keep plugging these guys in. So you bring Benning in, you bring Manning in, 
just keep supporting because at the end of the day, it was cleft bomb. It was losing cleft bomb. That was what cost us. We lost immediately. I think we could have lost Connor for the same amount of games. We wouldn't have lost many games. I think we could have lost Leon with an injury for the same amount of period that Clefbaum was injured. I, I still think we don't lose as many games. But Clefbaum, that was the guy we couldn't lose. So I had a thought, you know, Clefbaum, it's just his finger. So, I mean, if he can hold one stick, I want to see this guy on the ice. Seriously, <laughs> as soon as we can get him back, we've yeah. got to get him back because he, he's just a huge, huge part of this team. So, Come on back, Oscar, and, and save us here. Appreciate the call, Andy. Thank you so much. Listen, what I don't want to have happen here is for the team to rush back Clef Bomb because, you know, Andy says, well, it's just a finger, but... Number one, we've seen what happens. Gallagher broke his hand twice in the same season getting shots in the hand. So you don't want to see that happen and have Clefbaum miss a further chunk of time. I also think, and you can call me crazy for having this opinion, uh, that this going 3-8-1 since losing, losing Clefbaum, it coincides also with the team starting to maybe forget about the fact that the, their coach was fired, right? Everybody said this team's going to play guilty under Hitchcock for 10 to 15 games. Well, guess what? That timeline also coincides sides perfectly with Clefbaum leaving this team. So not only did you lose your top flight defender, but you also uh, came back down to earth after having the extra boost from a new coach. So that's where I stand on that. And again, you can, if you disagree, uh, feel free to hit me up 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. We're going to go right there uh, right now as well. And this is out of, uh, from Festus in High River, Alberta. He says they got to 18-12-3 because of the new coach not because of Clefbaum. Stoffer keeps going on about Clefbaum like he's the second coming of Bobby Orr. Seriously. Yeah, the uh, the lack of defensive depth beyond him has made him feel like the the presence of Bobby Orr uh, to this team, to the fans, and everything. I'm sure. All right, we're uh, we're blazing through this show right now. We're going to step aside for a news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwen. We'll come back with General Manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill, as the trade deadline for him is tomorrow. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer. You're listening to Oilers now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.